Salams guys, my name is Mohammed Zaud and I'm the co-founder of Toledo Society, which is a podcast network dedicated to English-speaking Muslims across the globe. We've launched a couple of shows and we have several in the pipeline. Our first show, which is called The Transit Lounge, which I host, is currently live and you can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. On The Transit Lounge, we interview people who've had a considerable impact on the Muslim world. People who've had positions at the White House, members of parliament, business people and community people. We also have another show that's currently live called seven stories seven minute stories as you drop off your kids to school we'd love your feedback and if you'd like to find out more visit toledosociety.com that's t-o-l-e-d-o society.com assalamualaikum i'm khalil alika and i'm zahir parker and welcome to accidentalmuslims.com so accidentalmuslims.com is a, a movement a platform where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with purpose. And we believe that everybody has a story to tell. This podcast hopes to add value. So, welcome and enjoy. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum, welcome back to the accidentalmuslims.com podcast and today we have a special guest, guest that my wife's been asking me to interview for quite some time and finally after stalking her Literally stalking me on all things, oh, platforms. Yeah, <laughs> we got hold of her and uh, Mariam Jakut Harris, also known as Cooked Inc. Yeah. Welcome. So, <laughs> so who is Mariam? Who is Mariam? Oh, Mariam's a bit cray cray. <laughs> so, I'm a 39 year old mom of two, wife, owner of Cooked Inc. What else am I? Fitness fanatic, an advocate for wellness. Um, what else am I? What other hats do I wear? <laughs> you teach? I teach. I teach cooking. I do have a um, bachelor in education. That's where I started out. Um, I wanted to go and teach. I had an epiphany one night and I was like, I need to go and teach. Um, I went the next day. Got my degree, go and went to go and enroll, got my degree and everything. But then when I went out into the teaching field, where I wanted to teach was not right for me at that time. So it was too emotionally draining. So I used to love teaching in the townships because you make a difference. You actually make a difference there. Um, I was approached from a few schools and things like that, ex-model C schools to come and work there, but that wasn't for me, not at all, because firstly to deal with those kids, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but in the township it was like, my husband used to tell me, please don't come home with kids anymore, Yes. because I would want to take them all home, and it was just too emotionally draining for me, and then I went into retail. So I went to retail from there, I did visual, visual merchandising, so packing windows, doing that kind of thing, uh, planning, buying, and in my last job I was at Markham, doing budgets and planning and stuff like that. Oh, this dookie business, you know, I can't turn my head and then it moves. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go back now. Um, so I just want to go back, like, What's really brought to be brought up here in Kurudo? No. Yeah. So we were first from Kensington, 
mm-hmm. my dad and my two brothers I think still lived in Kensington that time before when they were born then we moved to Warmester so we lived there I was there up until about 10 years old and then we moved back to Kensington we came to come and live here and I still remember coming to Kensington and I thought oh it's very wild here now one of those wild people <laughs> and when I was in Kensington my schooling my education all of that happened there um, from after I matriculated I went to UCT I went to go do a Bachelor of Science um, I don't know why I did it <laughs> honestly why did, yeah why did so pressure from when I was, no not even so when I was matric um, Everybody had a direction. I never had a direction. So I was really good. I was a distinction student. Um, so things always came easy to me. I was a person who never used to study and things like that. So I never knew what I wanted to do. People were like, oh no, you must have a passion. You must have a passion. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Um, so I went with a friend of mine. She had to write an entrance exam for a Bachelor of Science at UCT. So I went with her. And then I also wrote it. And then I got in and I was like, okay, let's go do this. Um, I chose marine biology as my major because I thought I'm like so much free willy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that mm-hmm. wasn't the case. Because you sit every day till five o'clock doing practice in a lab by yourself, which was no fun. So I did that for a bit. Um, and then my dad saw I was like just, you know, fart assing around. Oh, can I say that? Yes. <laughs> So he could see that I was just doing that, like just to get by. And then he's like, no, 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 no. You're going to stop paying now for your own studies. So I think I find a job. So I was studying and I was working at the time in the afternoon. So did you finish the degree? No, so I did two years of that. Okay. And then I was like, no, leave this. And then I started working in stores at the waterfront. So it was very quiet if you worked at the waterfront. Mm-hmm. And then I started working there for a bit. And I put myself to pay back my fees and things like that, did all of that. And then I did that for a year. And then I had an opportunity to do my beard because I love teaching and tutoring on school and on varsity. I was a tutor also to get extra funds. And then um, I did my beard, finished that. And then I went, the job that I was at doing, working in stores, Nazi clothing, they asked me to come to head office and then I became a junior planner and things because numbers has always been my strength it's like okay. excel sheets excites me mm-hmm. numbers budgets things mm-hmm. like that so I did that then I was there for about 10 years I think then I went to where did I go after that I went to Calvin Klein after that I worked internationally for them nice yeah so I used to travel quite a bit which was fun um, used to do their buying and then from there after I had my first child Isa mm. so <coughs> you say Isa my yeah. first one was Isa it's a good name mm. <laughs> so I went to Markham because I thought you know what you have a child now you can't travel as much because we did a lot of international travel with CK so I'm like you know what we did a steady job and my plan was actually to retire there wow what age is that? <laughs> I was 33 I think mm, at the time mm. 32 and I was like you know what this is a steady job 
it's a really good salary uh, this is where I'm going to retire it's a nice company oh uh, was there for three years yeah and then my second one came along and then there was a change in management and what they wanted of me and what I wanted wasn't aligning so Pretty much they wanted to really micromanage you and all you ended up being was like an admin monkey, yeah. right? So you had no freedom and to actually make decisions. So everything was squashed. So all you were doing was like punching in numbers, right? Um, that wasn't for me. And then I was told them while I was maternity leave, um, no, I'm not coming back. But in the time when I was... Um, there at TFG, I realized that every day people would look at my lunchbox. So I would walk into the office with my tiffin box, mm -hmm. you know, those Indian boxes, mm -hmm. right? There's different compartments, yes. and they would go and buy their lunch downstairs from the cafeteria, the styrofoam bucket, and I'm like, mm. and then I would pack up and plate my lunch, and everybody was like, yeah, you should really do this sort of business. And then it got me thinking, you know what? That's actually an idea. And I've always been interested in healthy meals. So since my cancer 11 years ago, um, I turned around my eating. So everything that I eat is about nutrition. How is this going to help me? How is this going to um, keep me healthy? And then from that, I realized I actually have a niche to put healthy meals together while it's still tasting nice. So you're not only just eating chicken and broccoli every yeah, day. Yeah. Um, because who would have known if I never had the cancer? <laughs> I wouldn't have known that I can cook because I was a person that used to cook. So I never cooked up until my mom passed away. I was 20, 22 I think at the time mm. when my mom passed away. So we're a family of seven siblings. So I was the elder sister and you know, the titty must then end up so cooking. Yes. And I still remember my cell phone, one of my aunts to ask like, now how do I make a pot of food? Because I was not interested. I was a girl that didn't want to do home economics. Um, I didn't want to be in the kitchen. So where did that skill of food, of food come into play? Like your lunchbox and stuff? That only came on later. Prior, after to post 22 years old. Post cancer. Oh wow. Yeah. So even when I was... Even after my mom passed out and I was forced to cook, I used to cook like basics, like mm. breedies and things like that, whatever the family just needed to eat. When I got married, I used to cook by, you know those claw boxes, those green boxes that they really make mm -hmm. this and tuna make and biryani make and all of that. You just yes. say, I thought I was a cook when I was doing that sure. stuff. Sure. And then it's only after my cancer and I started researching nutrition and things like that. And I started really cooking and that's when it came about and I was like, Actually, I have a knack for this because people always tell you now you must follow your passion. Mm -hmm. Do mm -hmm. like, not <laughs> 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 to be arrogant, but there was. I like could do any job and things like that. I could walk and I could wax it, yeah. But is it something that I wanted to do every day? Not really. The money was really good, but when people said now you must follow your passion, mm. so I discovered mine quite late in life. Do you enjoy it now? I love it. Yes. I love it. I like, I wake up in the morning and it's not that, oh, I must go do this. Mm. Or it's not like on a Friday, it's like, oh yes, it's weekend, I don't have to cook. It's none of that. Because I will still cook on the weekend. I will go on holiday and I will still cook. 
I will go to people's houses and visit and I will still cook. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's, I think that for me success is like waking up and you know what, you do, what you're doing is making you happy and it's an income. That's beautiful. So you just answered my, my next question is what is success? Do you have any mentors? I'm still looking for one. <laughs> Okay. You know what, like in terms of, no really, like in terms of business models and right. stuff like that, I'm still looking for the right person like to steer and guide me because I do feel there's still a lot of untapped potential and uh, in terms of business wise. And so if there is somebody out there, mm. please contact me. Um, not at the moment. How would you describe Mariam in three words? Three words. Tough one for you. Hardworking. Mm-hmm. Um, fun. I'd like to think. What else? And just generally a good person. Hardworking, fun, and a good person. Good goodness. Because hardworking. I have been working since I was, I think, said four. Like I used to always go and look for odd jobs and things like that. Um, I put myself through varsity and college. I used to work double shifts if I had to. Um, even now with Cooked Inc, I had a three month old when I started the business. Uh, I used to work there also at the same time because obviously I was a maternity mm-hmm. so I had to work that time back. Um, so I never shy away from hard work. And I think that's where I told you I talk a lot that. And no. that's where. <laughs> why I love fitness so much because it teaches you that discipline it teaches you how to just like push past things mentally and like just to have that discipline just to follow things through and this is that's the goal I need to follow steps one two three four to get there and I need to it's going to be hard but I need to push through to get to where I want to be and it's the same yeah for those listening out there and viewers, the first time actually doing a podcast and having green juice, <laughs> which is quite nice, I must say. It's like the best green juice I've ever tasted. I've heard that a lot from everybody. No, really, it, like, it is. I wouldn't like to you, but I, yeah, I love it. Tell, let's talk about your cancer. Hmm. Wait, what year was that then? How old were you? I was 27 when I was diagnosed. Um... 39, you're 39. Yeah, 39, 12. Yes. 12 years ago? Yeah. 27 or 28, one of those ages. I was... So I always had, like, these lumps here on the side. Okay. By, by your lymph nodes. Yes. But I thought nothing of it because it comes and it goes and it comes and it goes. And then one morning I woke up and it was just like a huge water thing. And my husband was like, mm, I think we actually need to go check that out. So I went for biopsy. Um, it came back neg- negative, but then they needed to do another biopsy where they actually cut. Because the first time they went in via your nose or whatever, and then it was inconclusive. Um, then the second one they had to cut, and then I went. But I thought, I really thought nothing of it, my husband also. Um, because when I went to fetch my results, I even went alone. And I didn't even go to the dentist alone. Nice. So it was still a Friday morning, and then it was like, the doctor said, no, it's lymphoma. And I was like, what's that? What? No, so I knew it was cancer because they said we do the oncologist. And I was okay. like, okay. And then 
they like immediately start with your treatment plan and I'm like so I'm still in shock right here and then you have to start the because that is the Friday I got the news the Monday you have to start and then they wanted to send me to the fertility clinic to harvest eggs and, and I was like no 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 not that um, and then I started on chemo for six months six months and I still told the doctor because the doctor told me it's, it might be six months, it might be eight months, we don't know how your body reacts. I told the doctor, no, it's, it's going to be six months, please pass me your calendar. And then looks looked at me very strange and I was like, okay, six months. And I was like, so I'm finishing off this date. And he was like, no, 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 remember I said, I said, no, no, doctor, I'm telling you, I'm finishing this date. And I still booked a holiday with my friends to Thailand, with my girlfriends to Thailand, and I was like, I'm, I'm doing this um, but in that what the cancer taught me is that we really are mind body and soul um, so beside now changing my eating ways and things like that I did a lot of soul therapy so we had a group and we used to do like meditations mm -hmm. and things like that and then one month into my chemo I had my you know my aha moment so I really believe that emotions and what you're carrying does come up in your body as disease somehow or the other so like yes. anger resentment all of, of that kind of thing sticky again um, <laughs> so I had my aha moment like a month in and I still remember I went for my checkup and they said they can't feel any tumors Anyway, that a was month. a month in. And that was after I had my whole crying out session and, you know, got everything off my chest. Mm -hmm. And then, but with chemo, you have to complete the treatment. Whether you've come back now with no tumors or what, you must still complete your treatment. And then I still continued with that. It was like laughter therapy you do and meditation and all of that kind of things like affirmations and that eerie feely stuff. <laughs> But it works. Works, yeah. It works. Um, so now, so I used to suffer a lot from sore throats. So there's a book from Louise Hay, the mind-body thing. So people can go check it out, Louise Hay. And she says, whatever emotion you're feeling, it comes up in your body somehow. So for me, throat, my throat thing was swallowing a lot of angry words. So I never used to get things off my chest. Now, I speak my mind all the time. And people's always telling me I'm scaling on Instagram. But I speak my mind all the time. Because for me it's like, I'm not making me sick to make you feel better. Mm. Um, so a lot of that, so that's how I'm like, very like Medigarana. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I see you just came from the Rhodes Memorial, I saw some of your your Instagram videos there. Like really intense workouts. Like how do you manage it? Well you always like that obviously your cancer taught yeah. you. Taught you so after my cancer, my heart capacity and my lung capacity was severely affected. Like my heart was at, I think, 50% or something like that. And my lungs were like at some ridiculous low amount. So I could walk and I was like, <sighs> out of breath. And then my brother, that's a personal trainer, um, he used to take me then. So we used to walk like from lamppole to lamppole and used to make me run around. Like this for me was too much. Like, mm. yeah, my outside. <laughs> outside. 
<laughs> so my yard was too big for me to do activity in. I used to get tired from doing that bit. Um, but I persevered and he persevered with me also. He's still my trainer today. <laughs> um, but yeah, from then I've just been keeping fit and I, I enjoy it. Mm. And I think that's what fitness people say, no, but it's not fun. You have to find something that you like. So I don't like running, so I won't go and do running. Um, I love lifting heavy weights, so you always find me in the gym. And I love being outdoors, so like this morning's road session and stuff like that. So people just need to find what you like. If you like yoga, go yoga. If you like dance, dance. Just do something. Sure. Even just walk. Of course. There was a question from one of the, our fans, or one of our, yeah. They asked, how do you balance all this stuff? I mean, there's so many things. How do you find the balance? Are you good at so many things? I told you I was! <laughs> so, I think I've got a really good home support structure. So I do the school run in the morning, but my husband in the evening then will pack out the clothes ready and have their lunch boxes and all of that stuff ready. So for me then, that's not a schlep just to go and get them done and drop them in the morning. Um, and it's all about planning also. So it might seem like I'm very losco because my admins really sucks, but everything is up here. So I plan in my head. So same with the meals and things like that. I plan it. So if I know I'm going to be really busy on a day, I won't plan an intricate meal. If I know I'm having a workshop over the weekend, I, won't, I know that Monday I'm not going to have time to shop really much the Sunday. So I plan it like that. Same like with even the ingredients. I won't plan a specific meal on a Monday with lots of veggies in because I know that all veggies from the weekend. I'll plan it from a Tuesday when the market's coming. So it's all like that things that's that processing in the back. Mm. With my kids, um, they, they're really self-sufficient, which I've done from a young age so they can make their own lunch. I keep a bowl of white rice in the fridge so they, when they want something, I say, could you share rice with rice in the fridge? Or I'll cook extra and they can serve themselves. Um, training is my husband and I will on a Sunday because he also trains all the time he rides we will sit on a Sunday and we'll say okay how's your schedule look like what is my schedule and then we'll work around it like that that's cool so it has to be a lot of compromise and open communication all the time mm -hmm. um, I will fit in a workout here at home I'll put my bike on the trainer or I'll do something here in the yard I'll go run with my little ones while they're on the bike I'll run next to them it's so structured, you have to really just go with the day and go with the flow. Yeah. When I say today's youth, oh yeah, what excites you? Oh, you know, I sound like an old auntie but I get very irritated. First, what excites you and then oh, what concerns you? Yeah, what excites me? Okay, what concerns you? So, <laughs> now let's say what, what excites you. What excites me is the... The current drive, and I see a lot of youth making a success of themselves from so young already. Um, because there's a lot of entrepreneurs coming out of the 20s range now, which is that excites me and it inspires me. Um, and there are so many more options that's out there. What irritates me oh, is the sense of entitlement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like they think they were owed this 
you know? Yeah. Um, so I preach to my children gratitude all the time. So if they don't want to eat something with them, I'm like, yes, you know, sometimes I'm a bit too graphic and I'll show them, look at this children there in Palestine. Mm. Do you see what they're eating? Mm. Do you see these children instead of busy <coughs> drawing pictures of food? Because they don't. So it's that, and I want to instill that into them. That we don't just live in a small community, we are a global community. And what we do does not only affect ourselves, because everybody's now on about, oh, self-love, self-love. Yes, self-love. I get that. But don't take it to a point where it's selfish, where it's only about you, where you don't realize what your actions and what you are doing and saying impacts the next one, impacts like with social media, it gets to me that people are not using their influence for good. Like it's all the superficial things and it grates me. Mm. Because we can all do so much more and not just, well, let's pour some time. It's like throughout the year, every single day, you can do so much as like smile or speak nicely to the car god. Like, Throw a packet of chips in there or a loaf of bread. It's going to cost you nothing. Mm-hmm. You, you can afford that. Don't tell me you can't. And it's that little things. And that's how you can affect change. Because people's always like, oh no, our country is this and our country is that. But then you ask them, well, what do you do? And they like, nothing. we Can't do play. nothing. Yeah. So it's like, why don't you give employment to somebody that's there? Why don't you, instead of giving two rand to the car god one to give him five rand or it's like yeah. little things that yeah. we can do to affect change so i was going to ask you how do you handle your social media accounts i see you very very authentic it's like the real maria that comes <laughs> comes out comes through i don't think i can be anything else like okay. it's still be too tiring um i am what i am if you don't like me then that's mm-hmm. <laughs> good so I know you need to go on, on your school Ooh, runs. what is the time? Yeah, exactly. You need to go on school runs in the next five minutes. So my last question is... Yes. Today is your last day. You're going to die. Oh, yeah. But you only have enough energy to say a few words. Uh-huh. Besides your kalima, uh-huh. what would you say? What would you tell us? Are you doing an Insta story on this? <laughs> <laughs> words would be I'll probably say Alhamdulillah for the good the bad all the life lessons that that I got taught um, for everything that I was given I think that could be my last words Mm. because I am I might not be the type of Muslim where they say you wear hijab and you know the scriptures and you can quote. I'm not that. But I am conscious every single moment. So I'm that person that wakes up in the morning and I will say shukran for everything mm. under the sun. Mm. I will get a red robot and I will say shukran for that because I say, oh, that could have saved me from an accident. Oh, yeah. That's so I think that Alhamdulillah for everything. Mm. Every single thing. 
Shukran, Mariam, for, for obviously squeezing me into your, into your day. And uh, may Allah bless you and your family and your business. And for always inspiring all of us on online and offline. Shukran. Thank for you. For having me. Wa alaikum salam. Salams guys, my name is Mohammed Zaud and I'm the co-founder of Toledo Society, which is a podcast network dedicated to English-speaking Muslims across the globe. We've launched a couple of shows and we have several in the pipeline. Our first show, which is called The Transit Lounge, which I host, is currently live and you can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. On The Transit Lounge, we interview people who've had a considerable impact on the Muslim world. People who've had positions at the White House, members of parliament, business people and community people. We also have another show that's currently live called seven stories seven minute stories as you drop off your kids to school we'd love your feedback and if you'd like to find out more visit toledosociety.com that's t-o-l-e-d-o society.com so that's it for today's show we hope you added value we hope you enjoyed it but most of all we hope our guests inspired you to live with purpose don't forget to send us your suggestions via info at accidentalmuslims.com if you know anybody out there that is inspiring, that's leading, that's living with purpose, please uh, do contact us. And remember, feedback is our oxygen. So follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope you enjoyed. God bless. Assalamu alaikum.